0: Hi, everyone. This is Mike with episode 69 of Getting Everyone Moving, brought to you by Palms of Pines Parasports. Today we have Paralympian Jackie Kapanowski with us. Hi, Jackie.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Doing okay. You. you hope you are as well. And let's get started. So, okay, great. you have quite an interesting story. Um, can you tell us a little bit how you became a Paralympian? What was your road?
1: Uh, my road would be, I was a runner, um, I love to run marathons, um, I completed, I believe, 19 uh, before chair, I have a total of 71 in my racing chair, so that I've always been very passionate of running, I ran seven days a week, and I actually was at the Boilermaker race, and I believe I won that year, but that does not matter. And I was approached by a team member, uh, Jimmy Jam. James Joseph is his name. He was part of Team USA and he was on the USA curling team. So I met up with him and the team manager, Mark DiPerno. And long story short, I tried out the sport. I loved it. Um, It originates from Scotland. You know, my family is all born and raised and still lives in Paisley, Scotland. So it was actually fantastic because I got to go over there a few times and compete and have my family from Scotland over there to also see them and
0: uh, uh, also compete. you're, I mean, you're, you've always been pretty much a super athlete. Um, I mean, challenges though, you know, did you face as you went from being able-bodied to, um, you know, a person with a disability?
1: Well, yeah it's not even just a disability it's just still yeah we've had our fair um, our fair uh, bit of uh, challenges that's for sure you know i survived bacterial meningitis twice and i'm very grateful and thankful for that and changed my life i would say for the better you know i have a very f- fulfilled life um I'm very fortunate that I got to participate in two Paralympics, so winter and summer games, nine world championships, and four sports. Most important job is being a mom and, now grandma and, um, you know, but through all those obstacles, you know, I had to battle cancer. Um, That was was probably one of the tough ones when I was over in London and I was sick and I did fairly well um, competing here. When I earned my spot on Team USA and we got over to London, and I wasn't feeling well. And I actually thought it was from the water, you know, uh, wasn't exactly sure. But when I came home, I got tested and was diagnosed with cancer. That was a punch in the gut, to say the least. But uh, we did our little cry, and I signed up for um, I actually reached out to the Challenge Athlete Foundation, and Chocolate Milk sponsored me. And I did uh, Ironman Florida, one of my best friends, Jacob Sharp, and I trained and did Ironman Florida as I went through my cancer and then meanwhile I had a couple broken ribs while I was um, competing on the U.S. rowing team that was really difficult to go to the Paralympics with a couple broken ribs because I row with a strap just as a level of uh, injury not having full trunk um, so that was another obstacle and when this last year I had a stroke many strokes so. That was that was uh, that was something in itself, and I have a, a a new hand. It was actually a year old in uh, March. So when the COVID happened, I didn't even know it happened. I had the six-hour surgery on my hand. They took out the bones in my wrist oh my and um, rebuilt it. So I have all brand new tendons and rebuilt all my bones. So it's just a year old.
0: So I'm I'm really curious then. Um... You know, I think for a lot of people, if they had to go through all of those, uh, you know, all those different trials, maybe they would have said, okay, I'm not doing this. But what, what kind of inside you, uh, I mean, what motivates you and, and who have been uh, people who have influenced you in your life and help you to keep going?
1: I would say the people that I'm surrounded around uh, and I'm surrounded around so much greatness. Um, I'm not sure if you know, I am a founder and president of a nonprofit called Shifting Gears United. And it's all about uh, rehabilitation and sports for wounded veterans, our first responders, people with disabilities. It It does not matter, we welcome everybody and it's multi-sports. It's, it's kayak, and it's hand cycling. It's croquet. We have archery now. <laughs> I have a couple of guys qualifying. Hopefully, it's looking really good to go to Tokyo. We have a young lady, uh, Candice, right now. It's like everyone around me, all that athletes, like, it, it, it inspires me. I get up every morning, and I get to, uh, you know, write out uh, workout programs and, um, help others to give them a better quality of life. I mean, that's what it's about It's paying it forward and helping one another. And, um, that's what keeps me going is to, I actually did an interview the other day. And someone says to me, and they didn't even have to think about it. What would be the best word to describe Jackie Kapodowski? And right off the top of my head, I said caretaker, you know, I love taking care of others I really don't think about because I am really blessed. I really am. And it's just healthy. We all go through our own stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Maybe I've had a little bit more than what what I I anticipated. You know, my family and I, we're still struggling because you know what my condition is progressive and dealing with the progression of it um, stinks sometimes, you know, but you have to look at all the greatness and all the good and all the, the great things I'm surrounded about outweighs all the other stuff well don't you agree
0: yeah well when so when you were growing up uh, Mm -hmm. I mean you must have developed this kind of competitive nature Um, tell us about that I mean why are you you know why do you have this competitive kind of you know I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do
1: I have a big brother. <laughs> he used to yeah. the me, <laughs> throw me down stubs. He'd have his yeah. friends over. Hey, you want to see my sister dance? He'd have had his little daisy red rifle shooting at my ankles, watching me dance. You know, he made me tough. My know bro- my, my my husband Harry says it. He's a fireman, he's a retired fireman. He's tough. And he always says to my brother, sometimes just killing me, oh, I hate you because he goes, You made her so tough. She's so strong. Yeah, so I think a lot of it comes, I'm going to say my brother, you know, and just having that, having him around. And I don't know. I've, I guess I've always had that competitiveness in me. My parents always said that you've always been competitive. I always get so nervous leading up to it. But they say once that gun goes off or whatever the situation is, once it starts, then I'm okay. But it's just working up to it.
0: So, you know, in, in growing up, I mean, we're about the same age and, you know, yeah. girls weren't supposed to, you know, compete and get in there and do stuff. I mean, did you, did you run, ever run into that kind of thing when you were growing up uh, where, hey, you're a girl, you know, what are you doing kind of thing?
1: Well, we actually just had this conversation yesterday. Because it does, you know, I used to, I guess like my son would say, sometimes I'm a little soft and, you know, it is who I am and how I am. I I just, I don't like confrontation. I just don't like meanness. And, and you know, when you walk into a hotel room and you show up at an event and right in front of your face you say, oh, there's Jackie or Oh, Jackie's here. You know, so. I guess people don't realize, it. and I go to the room with my husband, and I want to go home. Or yeah, it's it's the struggles are real. Yeah, and then when I show up, I just don't even want to just beat the girls. I want to beat the boys. Like even like we're doing an Ironman. Yeah. All training, I have um, a group of us training for Augusta. And I said to my husband yesterday, I had such a great strong week of swimming and riding and feeling really like good. And I said, you know what? I'm going. I said I want to be everybody. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> uh,
0: now when you can you describe an Ironman and and talk about, I mean, how do you train? Is that 7 days a week like 10 hours a day or what
1: do you- I do six. I, I do six, but it's hard for me to take a day off because if I don't start my day with a bicycle ride or um, get up and swim, we usually get up and swim first. So it depends on the day. So if I meet in chat, it depends on who I'm meeting. I get up, I go to her house. Uh, I set my alarm for 5 a.m., we go to her house. We do a whole circuit uh, training of weights. I have her jumper open and the side, she's doing burpees, everything. And then boom, I give her a couple minutes. We meet her at the pool. We swim for an hour and 15 minutes. She'll go home, she'll put the kids in school and then I'll meet her at Carlin Park and then we'll go for a bicycle ride. That could be just like a morning um, just with her, like on the weekends, we do longer brick training, um, because now we're getting the weeks are going off and getting, of course, harder. So we're going into 40 miles, 50 miles. So it does take a lot of your time. So I'm going to do my long ride actually tomorrow because of my schedule so busy and just trying to find the time is this tomorrow. I'll take the time and go for my long bike ride. And then Tuesday, I'll really ramp it up, going right into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. So
0: for the Ironman, then, so how how far are you swimming? How far are you, you know, cycling?
1: So this is a half we're doing. Half. Um, the one I did, um, I forget what year it was. I did with Jacob was a full Ironman, so it's a half. So um, it's just a, a one point two, I believe a 1.2 swim, 56 on the bicycle. For us, it will be the hand cycle. And then a half marathon, the 13.1, which we'll use our racing chairs or if they're on prosthet- uh, uh, prosthetics, excuse me, they'll run.
0: And is that, I mean, is it back to back to back? Do you take a break in between each? Of oh that? no,
1: oh no, we'll go, it's a point to point swim. Um, so that's fantastic. It'll be a fast swim, which I'm really excited because I'm a strong swimmer, um, uh, get out of the water, get out of our wetsuits, um, because we will have to wear wetsuits to help, keep our legs up. We need for the buoyancy, um, have our guides, our helpers, um, uh, help us get out of our wetsuits, get prepared to get on the hand cycles, take off as quickly as, as efficiently as possible and get on that 56 mile bike ride and enjoy it, but go with, you know, you're there, you know, you put all this training in. So the day of, it's just another day of training, but it's race day, you know what I'm saying? Nothing really changes because you already put in all the work if you think about it. So hopefully that people put in all the work and that when you come, when you show up and you come for the race, that it won't be as painful, but I mean, it's always gonna be painful of course. Uh, that's
0: (laughs) god you're such a super athlete i i i'm in awe i mean it's amazing um yeah can you talk a little bit about your paralympic you know experiences i mean what what was that
1: like oh god just (laughs) i still don't believe it. um that was really unbelievable to to represent this country. I did not take it lightly. I was just so honored and still very taken back. You know, it was always my dream to be a Paralympian. And my real dream was to always strive to be a winter and summer. And for that to actually happen and for me to reach that goal at my age. But, you know, it was a lot of hard, hard work. You know, when you're in your 50s, you're in your 50s, you know what I'm saying? But I still had to train as if I was to my 20s. And I'll never forget, um, great woman. I have so much respect for her. Her name's De- Deb Ardenberg from US Rowan. And she says to me, when I won, or I was, I believe I was at a camp. And she said, you know, if you want this, you know, you're not 20, you're not 30, you're not 40, you you're in your 50s. She says, and if you want this bad enough, she says, you're gonna have to train like you're 20. And when I tell you that is so true and all I did was spend my time on that water morning, noon and night and weight training and just everything that goes into it physically, mentally. Um, It just, it's your, it consumes your life. You know, it takes away from your family. So your family, you know, has to sacrifice. I mean, there's so much that it's not just about, oh, I get to represent team USA. You got to also think about all the sacrifices you have to make for your family and, they all have to be in and, um, but it is, it's something that I'll never forget in my whole entire life. And so honored, very honored.
0: Well, well, tell us what it was, what was it like, you know, to meet athletes from so many different countries?
1: I mean. That's fantastic to be in the Olympic village. I met so many people had like um, an album of, photographs of me with athletes from Iran, Iraq, uh, Japan, China, you name it. And I'd never in a million, Yeah, when I went over there and I had the police asked me in Rio to have asked me for my photo, you know, being USA, American blonde, blue eye um, <clears throat> and asked for a photo. And then he explained to me never had a picture with anyone from the u.s and i said what I, I couldn't i didn't understand and i was like you never had your picture from some from anyone from the usa and he's like no he goes Sure, my first i said oh lucky me you know and we have pins you know we have make like, pins and stuff that you give out yeah. to athletes you trade pins and stuff like that so i gave to a lot of the police officers and all the volunteers there, but like little things like that. Like he, he's, wow, even when the team came up to me and said, "Man, have your picture," you know, we've never been with anyone from the USA, and they gave me their flag, and I was like, "What country?" And he goes, "Like, ran. and I was like, "No way, like, no way." And you know, and here you are sitting here at the launch, and how how the world of these athletes are just all together, no problem. Everyone gets along. It's so it's so rewarding and so surreal that you just don't even believe it. And the kindness, like everybody from every country that I have met has been spectacular. And I still stay in contact with via social media and wow, just, just unbelievable. And you sit there and you you ask me that question. And I think back because, you know, I've been all over the world and all the schools and seeing all the kids in um, Japan and, visiting all of them and um, and the reciproc- the reciprocation back from from the other countries is just a, it's incredible very special something I always hold very very close to my heart very dear and it's something that I can't really share because everyone has their own experience but you could just imagine just even walking out that opening ceremony you just bawl, you know but yeah you cry because there's this Sold out crowd from people from all over the world. It doesn't matter, you know, but you cry of joy, but then, you know, you got to get it together because you got to compete. But it's just, and then my family said, so See me on TV. is just unbelievable because, you know, they were too old to travel, but they did get to see me. I was televised, and that was really spectacular that my family got to see me compete.
0: That's great. Uh sense chills in my body just listening to you.
1: Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us about
0: your diet? I'm I'm really curious. So what I mean, you're the super athlete. I mean, what do you what do you eat?
1: Well, you know, it's so funny you want to talk about eating. It's, you know, and I'll just be very honest, um, this year has been the struggle's been real with uh, progression of my condition. Yeah. And it has affected my esophagus. So we've been having quite a bit of testing and dealing with a lot of weight loss from me not being able to swallow because of the losing the use of my esophagus. So it's kind of stinky, Um, but things have been improving in the last few months thanks to this wonderful doctor, um, Angela de grossia Um, She's a natural healer and I've been drinking this aloe and being able to um, swallow and eat food. And it has been fantastic to see myself because I was a big girl and going through the cancer treatment, I put on a lot of weight. So I was very big. And just to go through all that treatment and see now from having the treatment, unfortunately, my esophagus and my stomach is burned from the radiation quite bad. Um, and it's really has affected, you know, my eating now, um, but we're working on it and getting so much better. I'll tell you one thing, folks, you ever have trouble (laughs) eating frog fuel that that Navy seal made? I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh my God, that is the real deal. That stuff is incredible. But my diet, you know, my husband, um, who is the love of my life, my coach, he makes sure because of me not eating like I used to, makes me oatmeal every morning with two eggs in it. You know, I eat my chicken. I'm not a sweet, uh, yeah. I'm not a baby either. Yeah. So I try to eat really healthy. A lot of, you know what I like is, a uh, after a really long workout is my go-to, is a yoo cho- chocolate milk I'll carry in my cooler and after, because, you know, it's getting in the 90s here. So if you go and you ride 40 miles and when you're done, just to chug down a nice cold chocolate milk, nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. How, how do you think
0: that we, or what's your opinion on creating a more inclusive kind of world? I mean, you talk about, you know, at the Paralympics, you're with all these athletes, right? And. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how do we do it? What, what, what are some of the things that, you know, you try to do or things that we should try to and do to create more inclusion?
1: We should have it. Um, I have a fan, I have a great race. It's called the Freedom Coast Ride. It's the first Saturday of December and it grows every year. It's all inclusive. I love it to see all the hand cyclists with the cyclists, how we all get together. We're eight, we, were even, we had it this past year, even with the COVID, we were able to figure it out and yeah. stagger everyone. Um, I closed it down because it does, it grows quickly, um, the registration. Uh, All the monies go to the veterans, the first responders. It's uh, pretty amazing. But I, there should be no reason why there shouldn't be inclusion in anything that we do and being an athlete. See, I look at myself because I was an athlete prior to chair, right? So I was a marathon runner. I ran seven days a week. I think I was Forrest Gump before Forrest Gump even came out. My girlfriend and I got up every morning. It didn't matter if it rained, it snowed. I never missed a day running, and I love to run. I love to watch the sun. This is when I lived in Jersey. We go up to the Boardwalk. I watched that sunrise every morning, and it was just how we started our day before we had to go to work and do our thing. And and that same girlfriend, she went through the whole thing with me because I went from running to pushing a walker in my head because even they say, oh, you're not gonna be walking anymore. you know, From the meningitis and the type of bacteria, I was diagnosed with a rare disease, one in one million. So when they told me about, I wasn't gonna be running anymore and it just didn't comprehend because that's all I did was run. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and it did happen, you know, where I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't stand and all this stuff happened, but I kept fighting it. And my husband would take, I swear to <laughs> God, I think I'm nuts. I taped up my sneakers with gray duct tape because, you know, sneakers were expensive. They are very expensive. I can't even imagine how much they are today. But back then I'd spend a hundred, hundred three dollars on a good pair of mine sneakers Think about it. So they tape them up and I had a walker. So my girlfriend and I, who I ran with for years and years, every day, we changed. Like I said to her, oh, nobody will notice me pushing a walker. And we changed our route. So people would just be like seeing these two blondes, like it's dark when we start. And then, you know, the sun comes up and you see these girls. (laughs) I was in my 30s, you know, and and, end of my 20s, my late 20s, 30s pushing a walker. Like, what are they doing? You know, like, you, you know, I think back now that I went from running, right. I pushed my walker at Boston marathon. I, uh, I forget all the marathons, right. Oh, what Palm Beach is marathon. I pushed my walker Palm Beach is marathon. I come down here because my parents lived here. I didn't even live here. I called out and there was prize money. I didn't know anything about this whole wheelchair racing. I knew nothing. All I knew was to run. I didn't even know there was wheelchairs in front of us when I was running. Okay. And now I'm one of them. That's how self and I was so about myself. You know what I'm saying? Never even knew. And I was pretty much in the A corral when I ran.
0: Um,
1: and when I came down to Palm beaches and this gentleman, Kevin Spina, who was in charge of the disability division at the time. And I called him out and said, well, you know, you're not in a race in wheelchair. And I'm like, what is a race in wheelchair? You know, I was like, I just want to push my walker. And my parents live down there and I'm a marathoner. So here this guy goes, does the marathon, comes back out and runs, comes out and runs with me. I have a little seat because I can't, my feet drag. I'm not like a runner, runner. I run, I sit, Uh, I go home and all they ask me, I'll never forget, uh, I have a Grady, her husband's a, uh, CEO, the uh, Chamber of Commerce down here, the folks down here, and I've lived here now. I think I'm going on my twelfth year. And Kevin, who I'm talking about, actually, I bought my house from there. He's a realtor, one of my dearest friends. He raised the money for a racing chair for me. I didn't know what a racing chair was, and all they asked me, "This is what this is about," and 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 he gave me the money because he goes because he, he read about my condition. He knew. I wasn't, God knew how much longer I was going to be able to push the walker, but next was the recent chair if I was going to be a marathoner. And I, I, let me tell you what I got in that bucket. I cried. I didn't even know those gloves. It's just like, whoa, I cried. It's, it's a whole different life. You know, you're a runner and you just, you just, you can't comprehend the change. You know what I'm saying? But then you got these folks that asked me, they, I, they sponsored me. They bought me this chair and I went back every single year and race that Palm Beaches Marathon with my race and chair that they got. I, mean, I still have it. And I'll be using it for Augusta. I never got another race and chair. Kept the original chair. And that's so why I still remember.
0: You pushed a walker over the course of the Boston Marathon?
1: Yeah, I'm the only one to wheelchair it. When I wheelchair race, I came in fourth. This is the best I did. And what happened was, I had, this is so funny, I could, we could talk all day long if you heard some of my stories. So, oh. so so here I am a runner, right? Qualified, I'm a, uh, so I call them up and I'll never forget speaking of Barbara, such beautiful people from the Boston Marathon. Dave McGilvery, big runner, you know, and I was in the, in the running world and, you know, now in the racing chair world of running. And, uh, and I called up and I was telling them how I qualified to run, but I can no longer really run um but i have a, a a walker and they were talking about we we're talking about wheelchair and i'm and i did so so i go to them i go people in wheelchairs have to qualify I go you make people in wheelchairs like i did not understand because it's the boston marathon biggest marathon you think new york so i didn't know about all these wheelchairs and these great wheelchair racers at the at the time there's so many of them <laughs> but I couldn't understand that somebody already is struggling with a disability that you have to qualify. And just to understand it all, but what happened was I wasn't in a wheelchair. I was like part-time, but I was just walking. So they had a division of, how was it mobility impaired? And I could just go and do it. And a matter of fact, I had a whole film crew that I said to the film crew, I'm like, look, you're never going to get back on this course again because you have to qualify to do this race, I said, you stay on the race course with me. And they did and the whole film crew. My husband was one of my guys, my, one of my dear girlfriends, Sue. And I was allowed two guides on each side of my walker. And it made the front page of the Boston Herald the next day of me crossing like my hands up with a walker with my husband and girlfriend next to me. And the film crew, I don't even know what happened to them. We left them. <laughs> Uh, amazing just amazing yeah and then i went back the following year i did my very first wheelchair race ever and the best coach quinn quinn Bond from new jersey poor guy because you know it's a new uh, you have these gloves on i have you have no control and you're pushing these rings and i don't know i don't even know i think we had like a couple days or maybe a week and he's teaching me a wheelchair race i sent me up to erie Pennsylvania for my very first wheelchair race I mean I don't even think it was 10 sessions I had no idea what I was doing I just got this thing in the mail and I go meet him and oh my god I mean he was a saint and I go to my race and I see these other folks in wheelchairs and you know they know what they're doing and I just sat in the car crying prayed I prayed woo. but I winded up um, winning and I qualified for my very first wheelchair race for the Boston Marathon (laughs) <laughs> how cool is that that's how my that's how my wheelchair racing career started because I went I did my first race I had to do a 240 and I did a 240 but wasn't expecting to do I was just pushing you know yeah. in my the brand new chairs so the those I don't know if you're familiar with wheelchair racing but there's rubber on the side of the rings and I guess coming out of the manufacturer the glue was not on there so it was falling off so I asked my bike I could, I'm brand new I don't know what I'm doing So I said, could you please go tell my husband that the rubber is falling off, and I'm punching on the metal. And the bicycle guy came back, and your husband says to tell you to keep pushing and don't stop. And that's what, and and I did. I pushed on the metal ring. We dealt with it afterwards.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable. Well, Jack, yeah, we we probably could talk all day, but we're coming to the end of our interview. What what are some final words that you'd like to leave, you know, with our listening audience?
1: I just say, you know, enjoy life. It's, you know, it's, 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 we have such a short period on, 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 on this lifetime of our, you know, and so much has changed and I just be real and, you know, help others be kind, you know, just enjoy life, be the best version that you can be of yourself. And if you could do that, everything else just falls into place.
0: (laughs) Jackie, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. I'm so honored. Thanks a million.